Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Jay. Did you forget who you were? <laughs> I can't like pause for dramatic effects. I'm but... Kyle. In fairness, he did say he was like, "I'm Kyle." Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like there was there was um, not that big of a pause. No, I, I, maybe it's just me. I, I think Listeners, I think William Shatner would like to have a conversation <laughs> yeah. with you, Jay, about dramatic pauses. I'm sorry, but uh, if we're talking about like good acting, William Shatner does not <laughs> not fit the bill. <laughs> he didn't say good. He Neither does said... this podcast. <laughs> ooh, yeah. ooh, <laughs> ooh. Yeah. Anyway. I'm actually interested right now. You you are you are currently co-located. Uh not on yeah. the same screen as you no. have been before with co-located, but you are in the same uh under the same roof. Yeah, uh, as uh, as a little teaser for some of our folks that are playing uh Stormtide, the reason we're not doing our normal location, that's my Legion gaming table in my office, uh that is currently being taken up by a Stormtide playtest. So we which couldn't... is directly behind me and <laughs> yeah, I'm not turning this <laughs> screensaver off. <laughs> uh so so we couldn't set up there, but if you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually out in the uh, manufacturing floor of the fifth trooper. So you guys can take a look at that and see our, our printers and laser cutter and in boxes and all kinds of stuff behind me. Um, you know, Mike came and I don't know, kicked me out of my own office somehow. It's weird, but here I am out in the manufacturing floor and Mike's in my nice cozy office. So it's nice and warm in here. Ooh. <laughs> cozy. Is it cold this time of year in Syracuse? No. I'm sorry. Uh, well, uh, for you is, or for me? <laughs> yeah, it, Kyle. It is roughly sixty degrees out. So. Whoa, it's seventy-five today, buddy. You just didn't it, go no, out no, enough. No, 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 no. It is sixty <laughs> degrees out right now. Oh, right now. Just yeah. to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's very. That's very comfortable. That's like San Diego. Okay, maybe I mean, a little colder. I, than San Diego. I don't know. S- sixty is unacceptable to me. So. <laughs> wow. Well, you're, well it's you're, a good thing you moved away from Syracuse down to DC. Yeah, about yeah. that. You're, <laughs> you're in for some real pain. Yeah, yeah, it is. DC gets in the 30s in the winter. Yeah, but wow, it, do, it doesn't get into like zeros. Like it uh, <laughs> zero. Be fair with negative 20. I know, I know, I remember that. That is objectively cold. Doesn't yeah. matter where you're from. It, yeah, it's freezing. Yeah. No, but we're uh, yeah. So so Mike's up, and for, for anyone who's interested, we're working on Stormtide stuff, and uh, really excited about that. And uh, yeah, that's that's why we're mixing it up today a little bit. I mean, it's not just today. We're gonna be co-located for like the next three weeks because I'm not I'm not leaving for like four weeks. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really discuss that. Mike was just like, "Hey, I'm coming up. Yep. Uh, I'll be there <laughs> tomorrow at nine a.m." And I was like, uh, all right. He's like, uh, you got space for my computer? It's <laughs> like, yeah, bud. <laughs> Success. That's that's how we run the, the show over here, I guess. It is. It is a little bit, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, Rachel's like, when is when is he leaving? 
She's like, how long is he staying? I go, I don't know. Three, four weeks, maybe forever. It's forever. I told her forever today. I'm not I'm not leaving. Like, I don't know. I he wants me to build him an in-law apartment in the backyard. There's some weird (laughs) stuff going on. (laughs) Nah, you live too far away from everything. That is yeah, well, I like it. I know you do. All right. Well, we have some stuff to talk about today. We have some more kind of drip drip teasers for the points update slash rg rg no actual points update slash rg that has a is apparently going to be by sometime before thanksgiving yeah we'll talk about that whole shtick yeah yeah we'll hit that in just a little bit yeah let's do housekeeping first housekeeping all right yeah so housekeeping um something really cool this actually uh the Stormtide community has known about this, but uh, for those of you who maybe aren't interested in Stormtide, we uh, are selling minis now. So we actually have minis. They're available on the fifthtrooper.com website, and they're also available on the Stormtide website. Um, these are minis inspired by and uh, designed for the Stormtide campaign, but can be used for really any game, whether it's uh, Legion or, or like any space opera RPG you may be playing or, you know, where you want to get minis on the table. Uh, we've got right now we have eight different minis that are available on the fifth trooper.com. And we're, we're, uh, you know, hopefully going to be adding to that over the next few months. And so you can, you can purchase them now and we will send them to you in a nice little pack and, uh, yeah, it'll be great. So, so those are available now. Really excited about that. Uh, we teamed up with Skull Forge, and so, so Jordan. Actually, there's uh, this set of six that's up now. Uh, we call the scientists, and they were actually there's three artists that actually worked on those. So Lumberjack Nick uh, had done some art for me for for the original artwork in his style. Then I had done some, I guess, like what would you call them, like portrait version drawings of the same characters uh and then i sent all that over to jordan over at skull forge and then he did the sculpts uh so so actually three different artists worked on which i i know i got a big grin on my face because i'm really excited about it i love like teaming up with other artists um and working on stuff and we've we've been doing that a lot in stormtide as well uh so so i think you guys might really enjoy those uh so that's our first piece yeah, and just as kind of a minor aside, um, they're all named characters um, that are created by us. You know, like we came up with the characters and all that. Um, they come with their own um, card so that you yep. can use them in games if you want. Um, and if you're actually playing the Stormtide campaign, um, they have a bunch of other things in the Stormtide boxes as well as like uh, tokens that you would normally use um for them so uh yeah there's a there's just there's a lot of gameplay elements in it too um for those that are interested um if you just think the models are cool you just think the models are cool and grab them if you're not into storm tide that's fine um totally not uh required yeah uh, if you are playing storm tide so yeah yeah 
So that was pretty cool. Uh, as always, if you like the podcast or the blog or any of our content that we create, uh, think about supporting us on Patreon. We actually have another podcast, uh, Fifth Trooper After Dark, that we do on Patreon. And, you know, again, I know we talk about this every week, but again, that's something where we all get on. Um, and whether it's through live Q&As or the, the weekly podcast, we kind of do a little bit deeper dive um, into stuff that we just don't have, you know, generally on this podcast or on the Fifth Trooper podcast, we were trying to do as big of an overview within an hour that we can to kind of catch, you know, everything that happened in that week and everything that's going on. But on the After Dark uh, podcast on our Patreon, you know, Mike and I sometimes literally just talk about one list and just do a deep dive into why we why we're building that list and what, you know, what how we would make it better, et cetera, et cetera. So any dollar amount that you wanna you wanna throw our way on the Patreon would be would be great. And it helps us, you know, keep the podcast running, keep the blog running. Uh, you know, our blog writers have been doing a magnificent job and uh, you know, Techno's been on a couple of times. He writes for us and and you know, so just keeping those guys all and uh, all paid and and happy and writing and that's what Patreon does. So uh yeah what else we got mike oh yeah the uh back to stormtide box three so this is the end of our first quarter of stormtide this month and box three is going to be shipping out later this week early next week hopefully and uh we'll be getting that out to everybody and that'll kind of end the first quarter um and then the continuation starts next month where stuff gets real interesting um, basically in quarter one, what we're doing is we're taking you from the rules you know and love and the worlds you know and love and bringing you into our universe. Uh, and then box four, which comes out in November, which is quarter two, that really is going to like suck you into our universe. And, and, and we've got some really, really neat stuff going on. Again, uh, multiple artists are working on these boxes. Mike's been uh, creating some pretty crazy interactions. Um, I, I was doing the art, some of the art today, and I was just like, Mike, this is going to be, this is going to be crazy. He goes, you haven't seen anything yet. Wait till you see this box. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, so, so I'm really excited for you guys to, to see what we've got up our sleeves. Um, so yeah, so if you haven't had a chance to get in on Stormtide, there's a catch-up mechanic so you can you can pay for the first couple boxes and then start your monthly subscription um or you can just do the monthly subscription and we'll start you at box one and you'll just be a couple boxes behind but that's okay too um we'll have some more options in the future we're still trying to work that out for those of you that maybe don't really like the monthly subscription model there'll be some other avenues for you soon we're, we're just talking those through and then last but not least on housekeeping, uh, Fifth Trooper Podcast is back. Evan and I are back. Uh, we've done one, one episode one has been out. We've recorded episode two, and that's going to be going out on Tuesday this week. So by the time this airs, we've already aired the Fifth Trooper Podcast. But if you haven't had a chance to come listen to us, it's just a very much casual uh, beer and pretzels take on uh, or beer and pizza whatever you guys like to eat and drink uh you know very much a, a casual take on the game and and we we're, we're hoping to go a lot into like hobby and and for instance this week we talk about kit bashing and what that is and how you can do it for star wars legion and stuff so very excited that's it that's it for housekeeping we did it everybody we could just end the podcast now kyle
All right, we are the notorious scoundrels. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, let's hit let's hit the news because we have a lot of news this week. Welcome to In the News. So the first big news item, I think, is simply that the RG slash points update, which previously they had said would be incoming by the end of October, is now incoming by Thanksgiving. Hold up. I want to be really clear here. They said something to the effect of they're pretty sure that we'll get it before the end of Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There were there were no promises. And I want to be real clear about yeah. that because I don't want to perpetuate uh yeah, and I don't falsehoods. think they even in the beginning when they like around mini extravaganza, didn't they they weren't they like, uh yeah, maybe in the next couple months. Like I don't think maybe in the chat or something they've said something different but they I think... specifically said by the end of october originally yeah yeah, yeah. um so uh, yeah listen it's hard i don't know they did say on the stream um i think it was Shik or pagani essentially said you know it is done it has been submitted to like lfl or whatever and they're waiting they're just like waiting right um <clears throat> so I don't know. I mean, like, clearly they didn't deliver on their first promise. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the rest of it goes. It's been pretty clear that Invader League has been pushed back in order to try and accommodate the schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it looks it, like that may not end up happening. So. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's like we, we. It definitely got pushed back, and it sort of seems like um, it's kind of a. I don't know. I mean, it it did also get pushed back so that the new. Um, you know, the Kashyyyk wave could make it into the mod. Sure. Uh, which it does look like we will get, so props to the mod team on that. Um, yeah, at least there but... is somebody that can deliver. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it wasn't yeah. me this time, guys. I didn't it's, do it. Just it's... want everybody to be clear. I thought it, uh, but I didn't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little disappointing. We've had... Um, you know, with the uh, release delays, which of course we've we've hit home on this podcast, are out, basically out of anybody's hands. Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of is what it is. Uh, but then it's it's kind of created the situation where we've got like it's, it's things things feel a little stale. Yeah. Um, you know, the unit legality has been the same since um, since Atlantic City Open, which was earlier this year. <laughs> so um you know people are just kind of clamoring for a little spice and um i like i i get it um you know but it's just yeah it's a little frustrating to have it kind of like dangled and be like oh no sorry yeah next month maybe Um, so i want to go on a little bit of a tangent because uh oh i actually this makes me generally so amg aside everything going on aside i am a little bit uh fearful is not the right word but just concerned with the fact that like you know we you know releases getting delayed and like no content like people like freak out about it but like a game like warhammer like factions don't have updates for years and like nobody nobody freaks out 
everything Except space so, marines sure, sure right yeah. like you know like space marines always yeah. get you know they're the shiny new thing or whatever but like you know i mean when was the last time like dark eldar got a revamp or something you know i i don't know whatever um that might be a bad example if they just got a revamp i'm sorry you know <laughs> and like they'll they'll get new rules every every like edition right but, but even like, that's like once every 18 months to two years right not only that but like um a lot of times like even in a new edition you don't even get new units for your faction or whatever your your current units might their rules might change a little bit but like they they hold their um themes and what they do like you know they generally do the same things from edition to edition and like you know i mean i think a lot of factions in that game have not changed very much in a decade you know and i guess my question is like why is that not okay for us is it because the game is so new um like like is um i i i think from okay i played fantasy right i think from when I started playing fantasy, that was just the reality. And so now I wonder because uh, Luke and Alex were so good about making updates and like it within a reasonable amount of time and, and we were seeing erratas and all this stuff that maybe the expectation is more of a living document. I also too wonder if that's a holdover from when everything was print, right? So, so with old Warhammer, like you had to wait for the codex to come out in the new book, right? And you had to buy the book before with a digital document, it's, it's more of a living document. I think everybody goes, well, it's just a PDF, just like make, just make the change, man. Like, why are we waiting? Um, so I, I don't know. I think there's a couple different things that go the, because of that. I... Well, and it's interesting too, because this, this timetable, the once a year thing, for the points updates is not any different than we've previously had. Um, And even like a November drop would not be out of keeping with previous points updates. Um, I can't remember whether it was the first one or the second one we had, but one of them I think was in November. Um, It's just had with the, with like the teasers, you know, they've never done teasers before. Right. Um, And then the announcement of the timeline, those are two things that, uh, are new i guess to this points update so maybe like maybe it's the creation of the expectations in the first place that's creating this anxiety about like when are they going to drop when are they going to yeah. drop i don't know it's hard to put my finger on it i've noticed um, too so this is a weird thing that i've noticed that people uh seem to be like extremely competitive right now like people that i've known that were competitive just competitive before like have like gone to this next level of competitiveness, which is odd for me because we don't have like, sure, if you just want to win your local tournament or or invader league or something, oh, okay. But like, we don't have any OP structure or anything that we're like competing for where this level of competitiveness makes sense to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I've noticed it a lot more now. Um, well, like more more than when we had like the primes and the op structure almost too i think so to me kind of like what it would have boiled down to in my head was like i think this might be a symptom of the only support the game has really ever received outside of product has been competitive support mm. right like like there really has not been 
hobby support for this game, official hobby yeah. support yeah. or or anything like that. Um, well, what what do you mean by hobby support? I mean like, I like. Like when you go to like a convention for Warhammer, there's like tons of like how to build things and like how to paint things and stuff like that. I feel like we may Painting not have contests. Yeah, there's stuff like that. You know, there's like the the golden demon, you know, yeah. and like and and stuff like that. And I feel like um maybe maybe part of this anxiety over uh everything that is happening um is kind of bred out of the fact that really the only thing we have to look to is the competitive side of things and and i don't i'm not saying that's amg's fault in fact i actually think they've been done at least an okay job of like promoting the hobby aspect of things from Mm -hmm. like their painting streams and stuff like that and i don't get me wrong i kind of it's not for me but i do think that um you know if if the hobby side of the game was a little bit more prominent i think the less of these issues would these issues would be less crucial and critical to the the health and welfare of the game right um because people are like oh yeah you know this thing's broken it's been broken for a while it's still broken and like the focus is on that rather than on this is a hobby and we're here to have fun right whenever you know people focus on different things like people focus on what they appreciate um and i I do agree. It'd be interesting to, you know, one thing that GW does that I think is really cool is they do like a monthly, besides Golden Demon, which is their big official painting competition. Um, they do like a monthly painting competition with whatever it is that they're trying to promote that month. So they'll, it'll be like, take a photo of your uh, best painted monster and submit it on our community page. And then at the end of the month, they'll pick somebody and that person will get like recognition on their community page. And they'll also yeah. do you know, official articles on their community page showcasing people's armies and stuff. Um, so stuff like that. Like, I definitely appreciate the fact that AMG has focused on the hobby with the painting streams and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, you know. Um, I was there... Along those lines, let me ask you guys this. Do you think, because on some of their streams, they've been doing alternative paint schemes? for the miniatures right so my question that came up for me was i always thought that that was a no-no because of the you know the lucasfilm stuff but if that's okay do you think that opens a pathway for us for like kit bashing and stuff and and like having that open because their rules have been what that at least half the mini has to be the original the original uh, uh, uh mini or there, there's some rule around that right i think i think just that it it has to be based like the the core structure of the mini has to still be an actual yeah uh like licensed mini yeah i think it's got to um, be clear that it's that it's so, an amg or ffg product right, right right so licensed mini right you just said that but, I, but I, don't, I don't think it has to be like um you know that you have to use like the stormtrooper specialist model for the stormtrooper specialist if you want to like convert the comms tech guy to look like a specialist um because both of those are still right stormtrooper models you know well, yeah um, yeah yeah i just i don't know i'm just wondering like what what else that opens us up to like if they're allowed you know if they could do alternate paint schemes and stuff that's not in canon then you know it's there's stuff that they're going to allow in the op structure and and in, in gaming 
I mean, now that you mentioned that, I'm a little bit surprised they're allowed to get away with that based on like how stringent everything else has been. Um, I've I don't always know. wondered, is it stringent or is it is it them being stringent? It, it might be. I don't know. I don't know the you answer know to that I mean? question. I do think that like the creative license to like paint your minis however you want is like a little bit different than um, ch- changing the product. I, I think I think if they were going to do like a product sale page with a painted mini on it um, and that painted mini was, you know, Yoda in pink robes or something like that, uh, I think that could be a problem. But yeah. if you've just got like somebody on a paint stream just hanging out and chatting with people and painting, I, I don't know. I mean... I just wondering. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, like what else? What does that open us up for? And and this came up actually on our Q and A that we did on our Patreon. Uh, Timbo brought on the Wookies and was showing us their spruce and stuff, and they had all these extra parts like swords and like uh, guns and holsters and stuff like that. And I was like, wow. Well, what else? What could we? you know, what could we build uh, with that and like make these like, I don't know, maybe maybe I have a stormtrooper unit that's got like swords on their backs and stuff. You I know? actually like, I, I think that that is actually 100 percent OK, because it's yeah. still 100 percent. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's actually yeah, it's not even like 50 percent like FFG or AMG, right? It's still like everything on that model yeah. is their product. Right. So um, yeah, I would I just, imagine that would be fine. And that was a shameless plug for kit bashing on the fifth trooper. If you haven't listened yet, <laughs> and also for the uh, Q and A. Yeah, that's Patreon, right. Yeah. For Patreon, yeah, yeah like you... I worked both those in. Yeah, Timbo is in. He is Canadian, so yeah. they have all the new hotness. And uh, yeah, Timbo yeah, showed off which some of it. I find that interesting. I mean, it's. I don't they... want to get too much into the shipping issue. Um, there's they a lot ports. of. They do. They also have a lot less people buying stuff yes, in Canada. For sure, for sure. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, but no, I, it's not. Yeah, it's not just the ports. It's you know, there's not enough people to drive trucks. Like we yeah. talked about this last week. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about it again, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we we could, but let's not. We're short right. like uh, seventy-five thousand. Right, moving on. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Moving yeah. on. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so maybe by end of November, they, they kind of left open the possibility that it could be like much sooner than that. Um, I kind of get the, in my head, and this could be totally wrong, but I'm picturing like some dude at uh, LFL just has this RG like sitting in his inbox and it's yeah. just, you know, it's like somewhere in the queue and like whenever he gets to reviewing it, he's going to review it and like hit the send button back to AMG yeah. and they're going to be like, all right. Um uh- <laughs> maybe th- I th- i'm sure that's a gross oversimplification of the process it it but. likely is but I, I think my biggest takeaway from their description of the, how so f- i think to us like the end user that are like pretty aware of like how hard it was for ffg to get this stuff pushed through i sort of think that they don't go through this with marvel based on how they were talking about it you know which i thought was interesting from a like pre- you know, sure. considering Disney owns both IPs basically at this juncture. Yeah, right, but, but it, Lucasfilm doesn't. Yeah, right. I, I, yeah. yeah, I understand. I just like, you know, um, just from like a, like under the same umbrella, it seems yeah. like they seem, maybe were caught off guard a little bit by I mean, how long this has taken. Based on how many Marvel 
board games are out there versus how many Star Wars ones, I would think it might be much easier <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. to to get and to flourish with, you know. And hey, uh, listen, but that maybe that's what makes Star Wars so great, right? Is this like grip that they keep on the canon and what is and isn't. And that's why we love the worlds so much, you know. I want a tangent one more time just oh, because it's go. super relevant. So uh, no spoilers, but I watched the first three episodes of Star Wars Visions, um, which is on Disney Plus, and they take canon and they throw it out the window. Like, yeah. it's just, like, gone. It's interesting. From, like, a Disney's, like, allowing this to be a thing. Um, well, and they're saying it's explicitly not canon, which is why it's a thing, right? To- totally. Did I just, you like, notice, I- too, though, that they use adjacent sounds and music but not the actual sounds and music in it i thought that was really interesting i I didn't i you know um it definitely if it feels star warsy you know um but it's uh yeah interesting takes uh on like a lot of different things so Mm -hmm. i would encourage uh i've only watched the first three episodes they're all entertaining you know and they're only like 14 minutes a piece so like you know if you don't have time to watch a regular show i'd highly recommend it I, I agreed. I think I've watched them all. I think they're worth it. There's there's some I really like. There was some I was kind of like, yeah, all right. And but overall, it was worth it. And it's short, like Mike said. It it doesn't. It's not going to eat up your whole week to like to catch them all. Yeah. Okay. Tangent over. Back to the news. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the news. Right, longest, Kyle. Let's move news this segment ever. Move this along. Right. <laughs> so yeah, TLDR. We could get it earlier. We maybe won't. Who knows? Um, maybe just uh, sort of, I don't know if lower your expectations is the right phrase, but uh, I view this kind of the same way as like I view white die saves on defense. <laughs> sure, right? Sure. Like you, you sort of just expect nothing. And if you get paint, you're happy about it. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then we won't all be anxious about like checking every weekday. Are we going to get an RRG drop today? I, I, um I'm, i am gonna throw this back on them a little bit please stop setting expectations that there's like time frames and deadlines that like you yeah. clearly can't meet just don't tell us anything just don't tell us anything no, we would be better. much happier with you if you just like pulled this out of the what seems like thin air and we're like here's a gift then that's, that's how the like, first and second updates were so. yeah like i i would much you know people would get way less upset yep um we did get some teasers uh on stream really two primary well more than two i guess we got really like four because the previously they had just teased the vader changes which we won't rehash yep um but they did tease some stuff with han with some super minor stuff with veers uh rex and then clone trooper keyword and then some also changes to turn zero the setup phase so yeah uh let's do han first um so han is getting steady they have said sure and then uh quote other things are in the works whatever that means yeah he might actually be okay or even good with steady Um, i hope so he's a you know a ton solo um but yeah, it's hard to say because like who knows what these other things were. 
Who knows if his points cost is staying the same? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's steady alone, yeah, yeah, I think I think it it makes him playable. I think, yeah, you know, I don't I don't I know if it makes him like the best commander in the faction. Um, which would be fine. Do you, do you think? he goes? Yeah. he goes from like yeah. an F to like a C, maybe. Yeah, probably C plus, but I mean, I'm gonna be honest. If there are other things in work and the works on top of Han, sounds like he's getting the Vader treatment. So we're probably just gonna play Han <laughs> if you're in Rebels for the next year and a half. So <laughs> I hope he's not getting the Vader treatment. I I hope. I mean, like in fairness, um, it's pretty hard. I think it would be pre- pretty difficult to to do that on like a six health white save unit. Yeah. Um, with without dramatically changing his defensive profile um which hopefully, hopefully seems it's... unlikely to me based on a variety of things yeah i mean hopefully the target is like you know well maybe i consider taking him instead of cassian or something like that that's yeah. like that's like the right yeah the right area not every rebelist should have on it um so i i, I wouldn't I, hate I think that. It... Yeah, I think if he, I, I was actually uh, looking at lists the other day because I'm trying to figure out what I want to bring to this tournament we're having in November, um, and I want to do something fun. And I was thinking about bringing Han and Chewie, and I, I like some of the stuff with the the command cards and like just messing with people, you know, with through the command cards uh, and what he does. And so yeah, if they if they can make him a little bit better, I mean, Han and the bus, and maybe Han Chewie bus land speeder. I don't know. I kind of like. I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, maybe of, the change of plans meta never really happened. You know, yeah, um, which yeah. I think is kind of unfortunate. Because uh, I'm just still, saying, still a good card. Yeah. yeah, you you get a land speeder. Han was steady. You pop him in there. You have him step out, and now he's shooting things as soon as he like tucks and rolls out of the land speeder. Well, he can just shoot directly out of the land speeder. Yeah, or that. Topped. I'm just yeah. saying, there's a lot of a lot of different options. Maybe he pops out, grabs box, shoots somebody. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that could happen. But anyways, like yeah, he's that. always been pretty dangerous up close. So yeah, now he can uh, peekaboo. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Veers down in points. No changes to command cards did not specify if there was anything else happening with him he's gonna have to go down significantly i feel like if there's no changes to his command cards i hope so make him like 50 points Uh, he can't be that cheap that'd be too cheap yeah mike shut up mike (laughs) and i know he's i knew he's your boy 50 points (laughs) if you make him 50 points I will show you the new meta. The only, yeah, the only new, the new meta will be everyone ever has to like take Veer's Vader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's the meta. Um, yeah. I mean, I could see him at like 65 or 70, maybe. I'd yeah. take that. I would take that all day long. Yeah. I'd say 70, 65 area. Sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, like he's, he's like a Imperial officer with electric binoculars, the like, has a couple command cards that are like fine-ish well and a significantly better offensive profile yeah yeah to- totally totally i just like i don't know max firepower is not like that much of an upgrade over ambush when you have to give the order of ears <laughs> no it's not <laughs> you know i don't it's know it's still good for picking off like exposed strike teams and stuff 100 like percent. i just i it's more of a side grade than a than an upgrade i think most of the time 
Dude, I would. Hey, listen, I would take it. Twenty points, uh, then I can get two more Astromex in my list. Like, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. Isn't he's eighty right now? Isn't he? Ish, I think. Yeah. So that would be ten points off to make him seventy. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I thought he said sixty. Oh no, no sixty would be too low. Oh yeah. okay. Um. Speaking of points, Rex up ten points. Yeah, I have feelings about this. Make it 20. My feelings are that we don't know if this is necessary or not. I don't think it is anymore. Well, but like we we still don't have. Okay, so this is related. We might as well talk about. Yeah, I think the next thing is directly related to this. So the clone keyword can only spend one shared token per attack or defense. That's that's what they're changing it to. Yeah. Oh. And and that means you cannot spend a shared aim and a spend sur- shared surge on the same attack. So, um, like you're only pulling one token ever. Uh, which which, in regards to Rex, actually lowers his stock quite a bit. Like the the double aim move with Rex is less good. Now you just have to spend those aims on two separate units instead of T- the same one. Totally. Um, which is still good. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, but I think maybe on the whole, this does take a lot of the teeth. It takes some of the teeth out of the like Rex only list, you know. Yeah, it's such a weird thing, right? Um, these changes aside, don't get me wrong, Rex Star is very good, but we're seeing a number of units that are coming out that are very much counter that, right? Yeah. And so the meta started to shift, anyways. So now you're going to hinder them even well, more. Hang on, a number of units. We're talking primarily about really just three things, right? Burst of speed, the bus, and Wookiees. Yeah, would I? I would throw even like maybe the Fluttercraft and stuff in there too. That's a good counter, you know. I think I think um, you could probably toss Magna Guard in, in that um, in that kitten caboodle. Yeah, I think we're gonna see. So. I don't think that that matters a ton. Okay. I mean, I don't know. The, the The thing is that, like, once you're in melee with clones, um, if if you have multiple units in melee with multiple squads of clones, things get dicey very quickly. Um, but I guess, I guess, what I was saying was, whatever the number of units is, right? Like, we were already seeing a shift where at least people had answers. Um, not in all, you know, with burst of speed with Empire, there's your answers, you know, for all the other factions had now had some answers, and so it's this seems like uh, maybe we could have waited and seen what how the meta like shook out before we made such a significant. I think the both the changes seem like a lot. This is this is a significant nerf to the um lying in wait strategy that clones get to play um they can't yeah. do that anymore really I, I mean they they can they can but it's not a drain the table of aim tokens effect anymore um yeah yeah it's not a i roll 10 dice you get you roll 10 saves kind of situation which which i think is fine um yeah. i do think that those nerfs arc troopers uh you know i mean like not being able to like spend four aims on your arc troopers to like ensure you get the crit or whatever is you know kind of a deal um 
I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this overall, but I do think that like Rex going up in points is not really where I want my clones to be at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's hard to look at these in isolation because it's like, is this all we're getting? Right. Not? You know, if, if, if there's a bunch of points changes uh, that, you know, makes uh, Republic units like go up in cost because they had been doing so well, like uh, I fear for the faction. Um, I also, to some extent, like, <clears throat> I think it, it should not be uh, understated that the clone changes actually make the, the Jedi characters a lot better because you are not like you can share tokens through Seresu Mastery or Exemplar or Yoda's 3-Pip in addition to the shared tokens you normally, the, the one shared token you get per instance or whatever. So you can still kind of, it, may, it gives you a reason to take Jedi, which I think are good, that, yeah. that augment the faction's abilities. Um, I, I like that about this change. Yeah, I agree. It's it's sort of a relative value increase to lists that are not based 100% on clones. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I do think that, um, you know, barring, if, if it's, it's tough to talk about without knowing what the changes are, but like, um, if there were no other changes, um, phase twos just went up more in stock. Then, because they get their own surge tokens because they get their yeah. own surge tokens and i think a lot of people had, like saw this change and like were like oh phase twos are dead because they you only can share one token per thing and it's actually the reverse i think because having your own token so you don't have to share is going to be more critical um and you can still give it away if you don't need it right um, yeah that's interesting yeah and if so, you are running phase ones you're going to want to use like direct and or fives and or aggressive <coughs> tactics to make sure they're getting their own surges yeah because i think aside from like the wind up ridiculous end of turn like eight aim with a z6 shot the other thing that this primarily affects is as you mentioned spending surges at the same time as spending aims or dodges yep um like the the times w when you're not doing a wind up shot and you're gonna need more than two aims you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to come up that often. Same with like multiple dodges on defense. Uh, but the surge thing, definitely, I think that's that's going to be felt. Mm. So, yeah, I agree. You're still going to want to take phase two. So you have your own surges to spend. Totally. Uh, yeah, I um, I think that this complicates the, the sharing mechanic to some extent on like whether you should spend tokens at certain times and stuff before it was kind of like unload you know you get to unload at the end of the turn so that just some of the decision you can make a bad decision and be okay now you have to be like a bit more precise and when you spend certain things i think yeah yeah i think previously you could you could be basically just like my army has x number of aims yep my ball has x number of aims and that's my like universal stack of aims that i can just spend on whichever unit i want and now like the location and the timing of those aims is going to be much more relevant yeah which I think is, again, overall more healthy. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out balance-wise, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly a play experience improvement, whether it's a balance and uh, overall oh, I mean, improvement is uh, I, is I have 
not been on the receiving end of what I've been doing to people for very much. Um, and I apologize to the people I did it to sort of, uh, but, um, but like, I, it, I mean, it's not fun to take your, you know, 80 point unit and just pick it up from full health to zero, you know, I mean, the amount of times I've like, just like removed a B2 unit from full to dead in an activation is many you know well and yeah. I, I i think it helps to um because sometimes in my experience like even playing a double heavy list which i mostly play competitively um you know you could just keep re-rolling for those crits and then they you know they just be coming through and you're like yo what is going on like how is this even possible and so i think that definitely kind of starts evening it out and also on the defensive side too right like before if i had an atst that shot a clone trooper unit in cover i'd be like yeah there's no like i'll maybe get one if i'm lucky even if i get like all nine shots on my atst or whatever and and now it seems much more reasonable of a task you know to be able to to maybe kill something i i will say this is a pretty dramatic um this is going to change dramatically how republic players have to deal with armor yeah, you have to bring actual anti-armor weapons yeah, instead of you, just being like, I got arcs, I'm fine. Right, yeah. you're like, because you, you can't yeah. re-roll four times with your arcs to make sure you get the crit, right? So, um, which is, I think, another problem altogether. Um, the RPS is really good, but it was only really good because you could supplement it with the arcs, and the arcs no longer really do that job, at least reliably. Um, and there's not a lot of other good impact options in clones. Which I, I, I listen, I maybe for a clones player, it may be a little bit of a feels bad, but for the rest of us, it's a feels good because now I feel like I just brought, I, I spent 400 plus points on these two heavy units that before like a couple of arc troopers could just be like, yep, dead. And, you know, now it's like, okay, like, at least I got to try to, you know, to take out my ATST or my tank or something, you know? I definitely respect that. I actually, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Um, I think uh, vehicles, the way that they exist in the game are actually really bad for it. Um, I agree. From, from a, like, don't get me wrong. They're really cool. Yeah. And I think they should be. I think the rules for how they work um and how they die and um how they can block things are tremendously not good for the rule set there's a lot of ways to create situations that are uninteractive with vehicles yeah yeah which i think previously has not really been highlighted that much until the existence of the aa5 um yeah because like i would there was times with the tank that like um, I could block out units right from like passing through terrain or make them go over like difficult terrain to slow them down or something. But the the options for that were far and few between because the tank that you know, we've talked about this before, yeah. you know, it doesn't have hover or anything like that. So, so, yeah. you know, it was, it's a different tool, but yeah, I can only imagine with the tank, like being able to just move over it, but like, oh, okay, you can't go this way anymore. Well, yeah. and, and as we've said previously, the weak point sides makes a big difference. Yeah, that too. Because yeah. you you actually incur a lot of risk by shoving that 
right thing in up in your opponent's face in a way that it's blocking so yeah with the tank it was more of this like calculated and if you made it work it was more impressive than it was like you know because I, I think i remember uh, maybe it was i forgot who it was but someone's trying to come around something with pelp and i just rammed the tank between two pieces of train so pelp couldn't come up anymore and every and you know my opponent was like oh man i did see that coming and you know and that was just this fun piece but now it's with the 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 party bus is just like yeah we do this all the time now this is how it works and it's like oh for god's sakes yeah and i mean i my first experience with with dealing with stuff like that was um you know the double aat list like they they did a a decent bus impression when they wanted to you know um you know i mean there there was a while there it's still some i mean like where you could just like completely block the kp in the middle kp with a you know a yeah, tank you can still do that you can yeah. still do it i mean it i think tables are built more now so that's not as big of an issue but there were some kps you could get two with the tank yeah you know <laughs> but but i mean like where you could you could completely you could just like the, the entire kp would be under the vehicle right yeah. um and when the game that you're playing is can i roll crits um Oh, yeah, it's just not very fun no but again I, that's that's kind of limited to the kp you didn't totally. see a lot of situations with the aat where like you know you're blocking your opponent from grabbing the mid box or you're blocking your opponent's hostage from being able to get out of your half of the table um those are both things that happen <laughs> with aa5s on the regular yeah so uh yeah you know more so than more so than previous vehicles, it's kind of highlighted how with the displacement rules and with the vehicle blocking rules, if you have a vehicle that's fast enough and large enough, you can really like, you can actually just kind of wall off sections of the table from your opponent to include the middle of the table, which is usually important. Um, and that's just not very interactive. Yeah, uh, which, you know, I mean, uh, maybe maybe it makes impact more mandatory. I guess my my fundamental issue with it is that like um, if if you have to spend a lot of points on impact, generally speaking, it makes your list a lot worse against things that the impact doesn't do anything against. Yeah, um, yep. I and, I agree a hundred percent. And like we I've talked about in the past, like all comers lists. Like if you have to load up with impact, you don't really have that all comers thing anymore. You're just focused. Well, and one thing I like about like how like 40k deals with it, and I'm not saying they do it better, just to be clear, but I like that when I take like a plasma gun in my space marine squad, like it's there to deal with vehicles, but like it's also very like it like it does a thing that is effective against things that aren't vehicles. I don't I don't feel terrible because I took a plasma gun, right? Or a yeah. melt a gun or whatever. And so um yeah. yeah, I don't know. Just, that, was, that was a good talk. I liked it. Yeah, good talk. Uh, we're not done yet with teasers. We got one more. Oh. And that is the red, red picks table side, not blue player. Okay, so no up. more no more bids, huh? Uh, um, I, this is what we wanted. Is it? I didn't want this. We I didn't think want this bids is... anymore. I don't want bids oh, anymore. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, I'm not a big, huge fan of bidding, but 
I think that <laughs> I'm we not talk? saying this was this wasn't the way to do it. I'm just saying I like bids, but we didn't want bids. I I, I hate them. I hate I don't, them. I don't like high bids, but I like why, the concept why, of bidding. Well, why do we? Why even have a point system then? If you, like, it just doesn't make any sense. I think the battle card change is a much bigger deal to bid in than the table side. Well, I think both the combo of both of them. Right, the, the four battle cards and the fact that red gets to choose the side. Like, I don't know. Do I care about blue anymore? I, I don't. We know what the timing is on the on the side table side pick. Like, is it is it the same? Is it when you walk up to the table and before like? I think it'd be really awkward if it wasn't. So, right. So I get. I guess my point here is like, so red has to pick the table side without knowing what deployments are in their opponent's deck. That seems kind of like a little bit of a crapshoot. Well, I mean, so I mean, you, you always yeah. kind of pick table side based on like a corner anyway, right? Like lengthwise and short edge. And that's going to cover all of the deployments, basically. Um, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't cover disarray. It doesn't cover danger close. It doesn't. Well, I mean, there's doesn't cover hemmed in. Like, yeah, uh, it covers hemmed in and that you're still picking like a long edge. Right, Hemden is still a long edge to long edge deployment. Sure. Um, disarray is the same regardless of which side you're on. The blue and red zones are the the exact same spots regardless of which way it's flipped. Um, and then danger close at the end of the day is still like a you know it's like this right, but you're still going directionally from functionally from short edge to short edge. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I I don't really. I don't know. Um. I'm not connecting that, Kyle. Sorry. What's that? Because you, you said pick a corner. Yeah. Can you can you explain it a little bit more? Oh, so when I pick a table side, um, mm-hmm. I look at both the long edge to long edge and then the short edge to short edge. But it's always, you know, if it's long edge to long edge, it's the side that's closest to you. And if it's short edge to short edge, it's the right side. The, that's the side that's directly to the right of that long edge right so you're essentially uh, picking a corner gotcha um because all all of the deployments in some fashion except for disarray which is the same regardless of which side you pick are going to go in some way along that axis they're either going to go right to left or they're going to go from you towards your opponent on the long edge to long edge or they're going to go diagonally between those two right. axes so okay i got gotcha. you you're kind of like it's like as if you were to draw like a diagonal line from from the left corner that's closest to you to the right side corner that's farthest from you and cut the table in half that's kind of like the half of the table that you're picking if that makes sense regardless of what the deployment is yeah i i get what you're saying i think that that's kind of a gross oversimplification of like how i go through it when i walk up to a table like wow really because that's more complicated than what i go through when i go to a table i i I, well i just like (laughs) like when when i'm blue player and i walk up to a table i know what deployments are in my deck and i can look at the terrain and know that like exactly how the the terrain pieces are going to affect my deployment choices right Mm -hmm. like you know whereas if I'm red player and I walk up to the table and we're not using my deployment deck, um, do I know what the eight possible deployments are? Yes. Is it feasible to like contingently plan 
well for all eight deployments. I don't think that's true. Um, and I, and I think, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit awkward. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just, um, I, I don't like it from like a, like, I don't. You're making a less informed decision. Yeah. Than you would I, be if you were picking as blue. But yeah. I think you're thinking about it as the consequence to red player. But I think too, there's the consequence to blue player that as red, you're, you're ideally taking the better side of the board. So you're maybe making them question their, their own choices in their deck. And then they're like, oh crap, I got to play with this. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe. Well, the situation that I don't like here is that this feels like it's supposed to be like a, a consolation prize or a bonus for like getting red player or whatever, right? It's like, this is a thing red player gets to do and, and it should like make being red player feel good. But I think it's actually going to have the opposite effect in that um, there's going to be times when you, you pick the wrong table side and you don't figure it out until their deployments get flipped. And that's going to feel way worse knowing that like you had incomplete information to work with and you kind of had to flip a coin um hmm. and and then you you got screwed because you were working with bad information i i don't know it just you know, uh that feels way worse to me than just like letting blue player pick table side with full information um well it's definitely whether or not it's like objectively better for red player um i think there will be times like you mentioned where you make the wrong call based on the deployments i think what definitely is true is that it's worse for blue player it definitely but i mean yeah. i guess what i'm saying is that um it's putting it in red players hands to just like 50 percent of the time if you're flipping a coin it's the same for blue player well oh, okay okay so i'm gonna here's where i'm gonna argue with you Mike. i think you're you're saying this with the assumption that all the tables you're going to be on are going to be equal and are going to be put together well. And I'm looking at it more from a, out of all the events I've been to, not all the tables are well balanced. And so there's definitely like what Kyle was saying. If I look at this long edge and this short edge and I can go, Oh yeah, this is way better. Like I'll just take this side. And even if blue gets to pick the deck, I, I well, have I guess, good I guess line my, of sight. I have good blocking. I have good cover. Like my point is that you you're like okay, this table side is good, and then you flip the deployments, and you don't actually get to use what you base your decision on. Is my point, hmm. and I think that feels terrible. I mean, there's there's a couple factors there. One, you can sort of guess your de opponent's deployments based on their list. Yeah, um, assuming that like you're good enough at the game to like. Right. I mean, sure. that, there's a lot of ifs there. I, but those, I think those go hand in hand. Because um, if I'm not, if I'm not good enough at the game to know what, to kind of guess what my opponent's going to have, then I don't know that it matters. There, there's a very large difference between knowing the things that you brought, which is like a very basic thing to be able to like, I know my list. I know what my units do. I know what my battle yeah. deck does. It is very different than I know what my opponent's list does. I know what my opponent's battle deck does. I know like, like there is a, there's a very large skill gap there between those two things. That's fair. I guess for me, I, I generally, most of the lists that I build for competitive hardly ever have a big enough bid to, 
<laughs> to be blue player lately. So I've always been red. And so I'm just like, I don't know, this, this sounds good. Now I get to pick the side of the table. So I'm fine with this. You know what I mean? Like from someone who's, who's always been red for the most part. I mean, it's, it's objectively a nerf to blue player, which makes it a relative buff to red player, even if your decision ends up being a poor one based on bad yeah, information. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that that's... Um, I think that it is a, a nerf to blue player um, most of the time. I just... I, I think it just which, feels worse. Which, which I think I, is good. It, it undoubtedly is. I don't like I, I, change. I don't like it from, from, a, from a, like, makes sense... I the thing I don't like about the change is that I think it makes this this gives a decision to red player that they don't have full information on and I think that that is far more difficult for newer players. This is a hard decision yeah, for yeah, people yeah. that don't play this game a ton. I think that's fair. I think though the four the four battle cards helps you know because you can't get locked in as easily into something so oh, there's the four more battle cards is a great change. I'm, I yeah, I'm, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I'm saying both though, right? Like I, I wonder, I'm just wondering, Mike, right? We don't know for sure until we see this out and people play it. But like, you know, I wonder if it's not going to be as hard line as maybe you think it's going to be because of the battle cards as well. Even though Blue is picking all those cards, they know all the cards that they have. The, the chance of me getting locked into something really bad is slightly less, I think, because, because of the battle cards yeah, my- as well. My issue is more that I think that the the red player is going to get screwed and they're not going to realize they got screwed by a choice that they made most like, like my issue with the system is that the people that get screwed by picking the wrong table side as red player probably are never going to know that. And they're not going to know that it's a thing that they have to fix in their play. Uh, Frankly. All right. But I would, I would have guess that if they were blue player with the old rules if they don't know what side of the table to pick then they're getting screwed either way so but the thing is they have the information to make an informed what, decision what's that thing from the matrix ignorance is bliss yeah i we'll guess say, I, you know yeah, yeah, maybe i will say yeah. people are people are pretty bad at picking table sides even as blue yeah. player. they totally are they yeah. but, but at least at least they have full information yeah and so i've I have a completely separate problem with this from right. uh, that has nothing to do with the timing. Right. I would have the same problem with it, even if you picked the table side after the cards were flipped. And I think it would be, even be worse. And it's simply that like, it kind of seems uh, like an unnecessary nerf to blue player. Um, I, I, I feel agree with that. I feel like the four card flip was enough. And um, what I'm afraid of is a situation where you basically don't care whether you're red or blue player. Um, uh, That's exactly where I'm at. Yeah, well, I don't mind that a ton. Well, here's here's why. Let me elaborate a little bit. Yeah, please. Um, I like clearly a situation where, where being blue player is so advantageous that you create like a 60-40 or like a 70-30 situation to win just by being blue. That's bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But I do think that it should be like 55-45 or, you know, 53-47 or whatever in favor of blue player because the concept of bidding essentially allows players to set the market value for blue player and what that is. And when a player bids, they're consciously making a decision to not take additional upgrades or additional units 
or whatever in order mm-hmm. to secure a specific advantage and however whatever that advantage is valued at you know that's for the players to decide but they're they're making a conscious decision to try and secure a setup phase advantage in exchange for giving up a uh, upgrade or multiple upgrades or something like that um if you get to a situation where uh, you're basically just like, well, we might as well just roll off to see who's red or blue player. Then that's essentially like 40k, and you're just going to have everyone trying to get as close to 800 points as possible. I think that that's fine. I, I think that I think we should take the bid system and throw it out the window, but we all know that. Yeah, uh, I I love that aspect of um, list building, part specifically that you can like allocate a percentage of your points to the setup phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an additional strategy nuance that Legion has that other games are missing. And I like that. Um, and I think it would take away from the game a lot if you basically might as well just flip a coin for who's red and who's blue. So so does it change your attitude, though? Because right now it's table side and then blue still gets the cards, right? Their battle deck. Uh, it is up to four cards, but they did announce that they had some more stuff coming out as far as battlefields go. So uh, whenever those end up coming, right. I think the more cards come out, you're going to go back to that again, even, even with this system. Did, did they say they're doing more setup phase cards? They, well, they said, uh, so I thought they had said it was something similar to like vital assets or something that they had a couple, they had a couple things coming out. So, if I'm remembering uh, that, I, I don't. I mean, I they, they had either. like a couple like event packs or something, but I don't think they're going to be competitive legal. But I mean, we'll see. Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, I, but, I, I so, took it as that. My my bad. So I will give you that. I think that you should be able to pay to have setup costs, but I think that that's already baked into the game. And I think that if we baked what you're talking about into the game properly, I would be fine with that. I have an issue with with bidding specifically if you could pay two points to like put bombing run in the battle deck or something i think that would be fine and and right now you have setup costs that you pay for in keywords like scout and infiltrate and um like cad uh cad bane's like bane tokens right like you're, you pay for him and you get that as like a perk right um darkness descends you know padme's like um or divulge card right these those are all like things that you you're intrinsically paying for in order to get an advantage in the setup phase and if we wanted to give everybody the same battle deck and say hey you can upgrade your battle deck and like for five points you can sub out you know breakthrough for or that bad example but intercept the transmissions for bombing run or something fine i'm okay with that what i what i have a problem with is you scoping your opponent for one point and getting what is roughly an equivalent of like a 40 point advantage when you when you like spiked battle deck um well and that's why that's why i'm saying that there is a um there's kind of a sweet spot where you you still want it to be like advantageous to be blue um but not so advantageous that you just like are screwed if you lose that bid yeah Um, I think we were already approaching that sweet spot when they said four battle cards um, because red already gets, there are other advantages red already gets, right? That people don't generally talk about, but they get the, they get second deployment, which is significant. Um, depends, and they get, but... uh, yeah. Uh, and they get the last veto. So 
um yeah i it's i don't know i don't think that we're in that territory i think this is this is kind of a change that um part of the reason i have a problem with it is it's it feels like you're just introducing more randomness yes um like i'd rather it just be clearly advantageous for blue and then people can decide how many points they think that's worth yep. uh as far as the table side thing is concerned um this sort of you start to get into territory where like you could roll up to a board and uh you know like based on the opponent your table side your opponent picked and your deployment cards the game's decided before it starts or it could not matter at all um and i i guess i have i have an objection to a i don't think it was necessary uh, an additional erosion of blue pair of advantage was necessary, but B, this just feels like it introduces unnecessary randomness to me. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree I with that. All right, we've I talked like about randomness. I know you're an agent of chaos. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that this could have an effect where people just try and build more, you know, because right now you can kind of make it a conscious decision where you're either building a blue player list, right, a list where you're setup cards are important and your unit choices reflect that because you know some units are good with certain battle cards and bad with others um or you could build a no bid no bid list essentially a red player list where you don't care what the battle cards are and your list is you know the perfect example of this is like the the cowboy tyrone wookie's queue where you just have as many wookies as you can fit with recon intel um and you're just like, I don't care what the objective is. I'm just going to table my opponent. <laughs> um, you know, or even like old school Rex Star, where you're like, I don't care what the objective is. Uh, my opponent can't score whatever it is if their units are all dead. Um, but you're making a conscious decision there between do I want to make a tail a red a blue player list with a tailored objective deck, or do I want to just not bid and make a red player list? Um, I think this pushes the game more in the territory of like towards that. Uh, I'm just going to make a red player list. And if I get my objective cards too, because, you know, I'm at 798, my opponent's at 799, cool. But uh, if I don't, whatever, I don't care. Um, that's way less interesting to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree that it is way less interesting. I have a hard time seeing a balance being struck where it's ever where your like hypothetical perfect situation ever like actually coalesces. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, th I think today we're on the opposite end of that, right. Where I think, and it's always felt like that, like every, every time we come around, there's a very specific set of circumstances that you could get blue player and have the right units that you basically could auto win potentially, no matter what the other person has and that, that doesn't seem right either. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. If we were in a situation <laughs> where players that wanted to run those blue player lists were bidding like six to ten points, would that be would that be okay? I, so yeah, I think the answer to that question is yes. I just I don't think in a situation where you want to where you actively want to bid 10 points and you want it that badly because that's like the difference between having force push and not having force push um like for you to want it that badly you also would pay 30 points for it that is my fundamental issue with 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 the system is that 
if, if you're willing to go 10 point, 10, 12, 15 points deep, if you have to, you're also willing to go 30 points deep. Um, I don't think and, that's true though, because there have been times in the game when that's where the bids have sat is like six to 10 points. I don't really think that the bids have ever sat. I think every time they escalate and then the next tournament, we see it go up by like five points and then the next tournament, it keeps going up. There, been, there have been times been, when they're lower. I'm sure like, there have been, but like, I don't know. Uh, like over the course of the last year, we have just seen bids incrementally escalate. And nothing yeah. has like really fundamentally changed about the battle deck you can take. Well, um, or and I think, and, yeah, go ahead. I think that has a lot more to do with uh, two specific problems that have nothing to do with the inherent structural blue player advantages. And that is R2D2 and Bombing Run. But, um, but like, but, but the game hasn't actually changed. No, people, people have are... just decided to value it more and as as their opponents start to bid more against them they're like well this is worth 40 points to me well and as someone that wishes i had more bid after my last tournament which was once they're open i can confidently say 100 percent that entire reason that i had more bid is r2d2 and and that's that's fair i guess i guess um like the idea that so the thing is that if if bidding is important something like r2d2 has to exist i think fundamentally right like like if if you want bidding to be tan like tangible in that i want this to matter and structurally affect my win percentage on the game it's got to be it's got to be worth 30 points if it's not worth 30 points like uh, you know that's the you know like i i i don't know I, th I think it's an inherent flaw in the system in that like if we want blue player to be valuable it needs to be worth something like 30 points but that's a problem i don't know if i agree with that but um anyway we've beaten this horse far too much <laughs> well i have good talk yeah good talk tldr i hate this change um I, we can we can agree on that. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I love the I love the four battle card flip change. I hate this one. Yeah, I think of it. Yeah. Um. Well, anyways. Yeah. Four anyway. battle card flip is a good step in the right direction for sure. Yeah. Uh. All right. Um. Should we Should we talk about uh Invader real quick? Yeah. I guess. Actually, there's two things we can talk about. We can talk about Invader. Um. Also, we didn't hit this in the news segment, and we should have. Uh, if you're going to SoCal Open, um, the cutoff date for RG points changes to put, be legal for the tournament has been set on the 21st of October. The event starts on the 22nd. <laughs> so, um, if you're traveling on the 21st, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. luckily, because I'm not doing the skirmish event on the 22nd. But I think that's crazy. I think that's crazy. Uh, I, like, what happened to what happened to twelve days? Why was that so bad? What? Why, why did we? Why are we against that? I don't know. I, 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 mean, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. It's just really awkward because, like, besides the fact that, you know, this who knows what's in this thing, but it could be like functionally a re-release of fifty percent of the units in the game, 
right? Um, I don't think it'll be that drastic, but who knows, right? Uh, and like, I mean, when you're going I, to a tournament, like you want to have some idea of what you're doing before you leave, right? Based on what they're doing to Vader and Han, though, like I don't think that's out of the question. Yeah, I guess my you know? point is, so there's two considerations here. The first is simply that like, it seems kind of unlikely that they would drop like exactly on the 21st. But if they do, you know, you have people that are getting on planes on the 21st. They could like put their army in their bag, get on a plane. That army could be legal uh, and good or in their eyes good, right? Everyone that brings something to a tournament thinks their army is good. Yep. Um, and by the time they get to the convention, that army that they've brought with them on the plane could be illegal because the cost of the units in it have gone up. <laughs> yeah. Or like, inversely, the cost has gone down and you've got like a 40 to 50 point gap right. now and blue player doesn't matter anymore. So what, what are you, whoa, so what are you whoa, doing? Whoa, whoa. Leap that I'm gonna, out. I'm going to yeah. have to. All right. Um, right. Yeah, exactly, no, Jay. I mean, but I, sorry, I have a similar sorry. feeling. This, this feels like, I don't know, uh, sort of negligent. Uh, to me i mean it's it's a clear like i guess if you live in san diego you don't care as much because you're just driving right. from your house or whatever but like um but if you live on the east coast i bet you care anybody but that also does like any amount of planning and prep kind of gets screwed here right it's not just planning and prep and practice it's also like painting yeah i mean i i run three different factions I don't have every model that I own for all three of those patch factions painted. Um, but if they do some wild buff to some unit that I don't have painted, uh, like I'm not <laughs> going to have time to slap three colors on that thing if I want to use it, much less practice with it. Right. Um, yeah, this... Look, I, I get that things have been kind of stale. Um, yeah. I get that uh, people have are like... Though? Like people keep saying well, that, and, and that's and this was this is what I was trying to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I don't earlier. think they have either. Like, like why why are we demanding change? Like, there are things that could be better, but like, I don't know. Other games go through like years of the same meta. Well, and have we even had the same meta? Like, you even well, well, with the a... same unit legality, you know, no. you look at. So we've had the same unit legality really since the last Invader season. That season was won by uh, a Rex star. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, That's not true. legal. Buses were not legal. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Buses were not legal. All right. And, so, and what's the lats? Lats, whatever. All right. So I'm sorry. My bad. You're right. Buses were not legal. So the first tournament that buses were legal for and a lot, whatever, was... Um, Atlantic City Open. Yep. Uh, and then that unit roster has stayed the same through present day. Um, Atlantic City Open was won by Maldives. It's only been a couple months. Right. It's really only been a couple months. That, But even within that time period, that tournament was won by Maldives. Second place was double AAT. Um, the next tournament uh, was um, Lone Star, I think. Right. We didn't have any I think. online tournaments in between there. Um, and that was won by Double Airspeeder. And second place was Vader Dubax. Um, 
Has it really only been two tournaments with the same? I mean, we had the London GT that we talked about a week or two ago. Yeah, but um, that had Yoda in it. It did. Yeah, it. it I mean, it at least had versus speed. But I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I. Uh, it seemed like it didn't change the meta that much, right? Um, I don't know. I. I just like. <sighs> and I feel like I feel like if we were to keep the same meta going into, um, SoCal, uh. Like I couldn't tell you what I think is going to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. That's my point. Like I, I think I've heard this the last couple, the last week and a half, multiple people. Like, oh, this game's stale, and it's like, what are you talking about? Like, we just got new units. Do you like what you just said? Kyle? like, if I, if we did a hundred man, hundred twenty person, not man, but person, uh, uh, tournament tomorrow, could you tell me what was going to win? No, I think no. we could tell you it was probable to be in the top eight. Yeah, but I, but I think you know it's kind of. But but then you could see a gin bus list win out of nowhere for no reason. There's still a lot of innovation going on as far as like what people are doing, like the Vader do back list that yeah. is I think is enough to to talk about that, and it took a little wind and you know made some waves and, but like, I don't know. You know, I I think that there's still a lot of room for that sort of thing. I, yeah, I don't know. I I think again, I think that this is a we're like always looking ahead instead of looking at like what we have. You know, there's always the focus on the next release or that next thing, yeah. and we've always got to know it's coming. And um, I don't know. I, and uh, Games Workshop doesn't do that. Yeah, I don't know. This Maybe. is going to be controversial. I almost wish they would not stop, but just I wish that AMG would have just like been like, hey, we're not, re- you got one year. We're going to get all our stuff in order in a year. Whatever's out is out, and that's what's out, and that's what we're going to play so that we could have at least built a meta because. I, the medicine in this game varies by month, right? Whatever units are out, that's generally where the meta ends up going. And, and so, or we find something new, right? To counter that, or it, the meta is always changing. So it's a weird term for me to like talk meta because is there ever truly a meta? Um, because something always seems to be changing. There are two times I can think of um, when we've had what could be sort of referred to as like a salt meta uh the first was when standby sharing was legal and arcs were out <laughs> are you sure um <laughs> yeah it felt pretty salt yeah uh and the second argue well and even this is arguable is during the tauntaun meta mm-hmm. um the reason i say arguable is because uh there were two significant tournaments one during that time period by palpatine yep. now palpatine is explicitly a tauntaun counter um but clearly good enough to beat other lists too. So yeah. I don't know. Those are the two times I can think of. Yeah. But notably, one of those times is not now. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. seems kind of unlikely based on what they said that we'll get anything before that. Um, Ugh, the fact that they announced imagine. that date as the 21st is making me anxious. It's making me want to like paint all of the things that I own in the next 10 days. That's not um, necessarily a horrible thing. No, it's um, but 
that's not a bad thing because it gives me motivation to but do it's that. not just painting because like let's say you're one of those people it's too late you've already packed so unless you're going to pack your entire yeah, yeah. faction what are you going to do yeah and i'm one of the lucky ones that i'm not leaving till friday right um that said i'm taking my kids with me not all the way to san diego um but i got to pack for them too so yeah, <laughs> like right. if i if i uh could pack my legion stuff before thursday that'd be ideal um but i i think it's like uh, we just talked about like what could happen to your list like we're not even taking into account what's going to happen to other people's list for you to be prepared for right yeah exactly I, yeah i mean like in a world where um you know that happens i mean this is this is like less of a the organizers don't have as much control over it but there's a world where like you get off the plane and you don't know that points changes or whatever like actually happened and you get there and your opponent's like yeah so my vader does this now <laughs> right yeah like, right exactly right? And you're, and or, you're you, like, or you turn in your list and the to's like um this is 820 points right yeah uh you're gonna need to remove a unit <laughs> it's like uh you know um yeah yeah I, from a from a from you know we ran we ran an event from someone who's run an event before just like the likelihood of that even happening like is making me nervous as an well, event exactly. organizer yeah. like i'm like why would i why would you take that on <laughs> like just be like no 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 everything's frozen 12 days before so now i have almost two weeks to like be set have my judges be ready everybody's set nothing's gonna change we're good yeah imagine the judges being like i mean what if there's a bunch of like rules clarifications and changes and stuff in that thing that the judges have to read up on in 24 hours what if there's something we don't know right you don't know what you don't know what if there's something that significantly would impact how you set up tables not that that would happen right but i mean maybe yeah who knows um speaking of, of I, yeah. I hope that the red player thing does not impact how people set up tables um because i could see like you know right now generally speaking uh tos try and make balanced tables yep. and inevitably they fail and this is yep. as someone who's designed a lot of maps um if you try and make a balanced map you will fail one of the sides is going to be better um my worry is that TOs are like, oh, they want to give red player the specific advantage. Let's make one side of this table better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you do that, not only is it going to be better, it's going to be a lot better. I um, could see that happening. I know. That's that's my other big fear with this red to player yeah. table change thing. Oh, well, maybe you just shouldn't bid, Kyle. <sighs> yeah. Kyle, <laughs> just stop bidding. Problem I mean, solved. If, if that happens, then I. Then <laughs> All right, we'll let's bid. go home, boys. We got, we got them. I mean, I'm playing Republic for Invader Elims, so uh, maybe I just Ooh. want to. Are we, are we getting into that now? Yeah, I mean that's our last topic on the thing here, right? Yeah, let's sure. do it. Um, yeah, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do, so uh, I flipped a coin for it, two coins technically, to get to Republic. Um, so yeah, I'm playing Republic for Elims. Congratulations, everybody. Kyle has navigated to the best faction yet again. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Got, Mr. You, the Flipper himself. Guns for hire, freaking mercenaries, you guys are. Just... I've only hey, there, ever there, played two factions, just to be clear. There was an equal chance of getting Empire as there was Republic in that flip. I put all four factions on the table. 
Um, so so this will be you once you do this you've officially competitively played every faction yep interesting accurate do you feel dirty because (laughs) i mean i might if i end up playing rex star yeah but then again i haven't done it yet so like maybe it's like you know i don't know I don't think Rexstar is going to make anybody feel dirty these days. <laughs> no, well, that's the other thing is it's not like playing standby sharing Rexstar, um, or even like pre-bus Rexstar. I think you should just try to get as many of those vehicles in your list as possible and just see what happens. <laughs> the the Gar vehicles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's why this is a little more interesting, and I'm not sad about it. And why I was uh, okay putting Republic on the table is uh, it seems like the Kashyyyk wave is going to be legal. So like. You know, I could do a list with ISPs. I could do a list with Yoda. I could do a list mm. with Wookies. Um, yeah. Could do a list with Wookies and Rex. <laughs> Wookie Star. Wookie <laughs> Rex Star. I don't know. Uh, it seems like actually there's a lot of options. So. I there's more. Yeah, I think the op- the existing options that are bad, I think, are still bad. I think you um, should play a lat and drop Wookies off with the lat. No, I'm I'm not that's, that. I, th- I think that's what you should do. <laughs> not doing that, Jay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. Could be fun. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be. I, I guess I can check that box, Jay. The uh, achievement unlocked. Played yeah. every faction. You and I have very different definitions of fun, but yeah. <laughs> sounds like it's gonna be fun for you. Well, and I'll be going in cold with this one, <laughs> just like I did with Empire in season three. So. Um, yeah that worked out real bad for you (laughs) yeah that was a rough season yeah uh the only season i won for those that are not familiar um well well, that's good yeah uh congrats no i'm i'm excited i'm excited for a reason to play republic which i have not done yet in a perfect in a tournament capacity yeah clearly have played like random games with them but not in a tournament so he's getting in the lamborghini everybody We'll see if it's still a Lamborghini in uh, yeah. in two weeks. It's definitely less <laughs> of a Lamborghini than than it used to be. Um, Hopefully, I'm not getting it in a moped because I'm locked into it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so like we nursed the ambi- all the all the points, and um, so your phase twos are now 130 points from unit, and you can only have six activations, and you can only share one token. So that sounds yeah. like exactly what it was supposed to be. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Republic Wookies for some reason are ten more points than Rebel Wookies. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> no. Um. Because they were they were in their prime back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll be waffling on that, but less so because I at least have narrowed down to faction. So. Perfect. Um. Yeah, I was not trying to be a diva. It was literally like I cannot decide what to play. I need to narrow this focus down somehow. So, so he flipped a coin. Yeah. Hey, the thing, the thing that I don't get is he's okay with flipping a coin for what faction he plays, but he's not okay with for flipping a coin for blue or red player. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> Interesting. Very different, Mike. Completely different. <laughs> is it? Yeah, because every faction has a list that I'm interested in. I'm not interested in playing red player. <laughs> mm, maybe maybe we're getting to the root of it are you bad at playing as red player 
I am bad at playing as a red player, Mike. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> well, hey, everybody, if you want to know how to beat Kyle, just outbid him until <laughs> betting doesn't matter. Most of my most of my losses are me as red player. Or were you? Yeah, I, I say. That's fair. Both no. both your both your losses to me last season were either bid related or battle deck related. I think I was blue player in both those games, though. No, I was not in the first one. I was definitely not. In the first we had one. hostage exchange. Yep. I was playing Anakin. You're right. Kobe. That was 100 <laughs> percent blue red player situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I think yeah. the second loss was definitely like you were blue on sabotage, but it didn't really matter. I picked the wrong objective in that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, you you did not utilize the blue player advantage. Correct. Um, but so I was. Why did you even have it? Exactly. I was red. I was red player for the Atlantic City final. So there you go. There's there's one important win as a red player, I guess. How important? Um, what was, was on the What was on the line, Kyle? It was a revenge game against Luke Cook, Jay. <laughs> Almost exactly two years after the World Championships, that was an important game. For he's, me, for my personal he's prime. past his prime. I do have a lot more gray hair than I did when I started yeah. playing Legion. Don't worry, I'm setting that up with him. We're gonna be we're all gonna be at a tournament in November, so <laughs> I'm sure that's gonna come back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> Are we in November? No, I I mean me and Luke. we we've got one uh, uh, okay. November yeah. six up here in New York. Okay. That should be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's literally like right after I'm going to leave. Yeah, that's That's why we timed it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. They're like, they they all want to have a chance at winning. So let's wait until Mike leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jay, when's Mike leaving? (laughs) Yeah, let's do the tournament that weekend. That's that's how it went. Well, you guys got any final thoughts? I don't know what I'm going to name this episode. I can't. I can't name it. Uh, Kyle let's change red. waiting room again because that's what the last. You one should was call called. it "Seeing Red," a Kyle Dornbos story. What's what's the what's the <laughs> thing like further out from the waiting room parking lot? <laughs> sure, sure. We, we... <laughs> because we are further out. Than yeah, we thought we were. Before. Yeah, totally. So... We could we could be. Uh... <laughs> We could be in the parking lot. We thought we had our hand on the door, but <laughs> reality, we're around the block. <laughs> yeah. It's really more like one of those things where you get a number and then you have to go wait in your car. Yeah. 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 You're not even like in the waiting room. You're just uh, waiting in your car. That's yeah, more common these days. I know. Which is actually really convenient for me personally because I have kids that I have to get out of car seats if I want to go inside things. So yeah, there you go. But yeah. Um, yeah, points change parking lot. Points change parking lot. I I think we can. That that sounds like a great title. Ace Except point. for no one, no one will get it until the end of this episode. I yep. think that's okay. You're welcome, everyone. Okay. Could also be used as an analogy for being stuck in traffic parking mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. All right. Well, we are the notorious scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm Jay. Stay fresh, cheese bags. 